What a privilege to be in the house of the Lord on the Lord's day with the Lord's people and to open the word of the Lord. Our brother wrote the church at Thessalonica, which you read last evening, I hope. What wonderful chapters we had to read last night. I was beside myself in private and I was beside myself with my wife and son. Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as ye have received of us how ye ought to walk and to please God, so you would abound more and more. Paul here tells the Thessalonians, we taught you what is pleasing to God, and we taught you how to walk in your daily life. And we want you to increase in it and abound in it more and more. And so we have subjects like today's subject where we take up things that we partially know and we remember and we do, but we want to do them more and more. A Christian can never be content with their effort in any of the walks of God. So we have more and more in verse 1. Then we have more and more in verse 10 where he had just said, You Thessalonians are great examples of love because you love all the brethren in all of Macedonia. You know, that's a piece of territory larger than South Carolina. And, and yet, he said, I want you to increase in it more and more. Right. He wasn't content with their love. And in this chapter, which is dedicated to pleasing God and sanctification, he said, And that ye study to be quiet, and to do your own business, and to work with your own hands, as we commanded you. When we were there in person, we told you that this was very important to please God. And we are repeating it now that we are writing you an epistle. Study to be quiet. This takes effort to let your life stand on its own so that you're not a busybody in other men's matters, but that you have your own profession and you stick to it and you get up in the morning and you go to work and do your job well and you come home and you have your private life with yourself, your wife, and your children. Study to be quiet. The Thessalonians were guilty of being busybodies and wandering about from house to house because the second epistle tells us that about them. Study to be quiet. Have a peaceful life that doesn't bother and interrupt other people. And to do your own business. Stop being a busybody in other men's men's businesses or worrying about their business. Get into your own. Find a profession that takes up most of your time. I have found in my short experience in this world that the people that are the, the, the most unhappy and come up with the most crazy ideas and irritate more are the ones that don't have enough to do. If you're working 60 hours a week, there's precious little time left for you to be thinking thoughts that don't profit anyone or for you to be getting involved in other people's lives. Third thing, and to work with your own hands. These men needed to work with their own hands and provide their own bread, as Second Thessalonians 3 repeats, because they were eating the bread of other men by living off of charity and wandering about from house to house. As we commanded you, when we were with you, we taught you these three things. We're repeating these three things. These three things are what God wants you to do. These three things are how you please God. These three things are how you walk as a Christian in this world. And we want you to abound in these things more and more. Study to be quiet. Learn your own business. And eat your own bread. Why? 
that ye may walk honestly toward them that are without. The cream of the workforce in Greenville County ought to be sitting in this church. In every place of employment, you ought to be the best that they have. The most loyal, the most diligent, the most faithful, respectful, punctual, and so forth, that we can learn from the Word of God ought to be true of those sitting right here. That ye may walk honestly toward them that are without. When we are less than that, or we are even further down the chain of respect, like the Thessalonians were, then there's cause to bring reproach against the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the Apostle Paul and the Lord Jesus Christ were disgusted by the Thessalonians because they didn't have a great work ethic. They were lazy. They were eating other men's bread. They were spongers. They were moochers. That you may walk honestly toward them that are without. Number two, that you may have lack of nothing. That you, that you Thessalonians can have everything that you need because you've earned it by studying to be quiet, doing your own business, and working with your own hands. So, we want to be moved by the Holy Spirit this day to get our own business and to do our work with our own hands and eat the bread of those hands so that the world sees us as hard-working, faithful, loyal subjects of our masters that fit what the Bible says. We should be the cream of the crop. We should be the standouts in your place of employment. You should be exceptional. Not average. Not merely above average. Above average means you're in the third quartile. Or barely across the line in the fourth quartile. You want to be in the top decile, the top 10%. You want to be the cream. Because the Lord wants it, that out of all of us. You know, half of this church is now getting into the, the older years of their lives, and we wish we could go back and do it again. We'd show you how to do it, but you're young men, and we want, we want to convey from the Word of God what the Bible has to say, what the Lord Jesus Christ wants from you, so that you can have everything that you need in life, and so that you can give an honest representation of the gospel to all those that see you in the outside world. The Lord's chosen us to live in this world. And he's told us how to live so that we can make an impression upon them and please and glorify him by the way we conduct ourselves. What a chapter. Eight verses on fornication. Any casual sex allowed in 1 Thessalonians 4, 1 through 8? None. And if any man goes beyond and defrauds his brother, who is the avenger of all such men? The Lord himself is the avenger. Two verses on brotherly love, verses 9 and 10. That they were great at it, but he wanted them to increase more and more. We can never be content with the amount we love one another. It is something we need to work at every day of our lives. It is the greatest Christian grace. Faith and knowledge are not great graces. Love is the great grace. Faith and now abideth faith, hope, charity. These three with the greatest of these is charity. Do you need any plainer explanation than that? Go from beginning to end of the Bible and love is the greatest grace and proof of a child of God. The interest... And submission and long-suffering and forbearance and forgiveness that we show toward one another. Love. And then the third subject, how to work. Study to be quiet. Learn your own business. Do Work with your own hands. To have a good re reputation and to have everything that you need. That was subject three. And then number four. Oh, thank you, Lord, for this chapter. Thessalonians. If you think that because I use verses 11 and 12 to remind you of getting up in the morning and going to work and working hard at your factory or your little shop or whatever, wherever you work, if you think that that's because I've put a carnal emphasis on things, you are mistaken because I would not have you to be ignorant of this one thing. 
about those that, have, that sleep, those that have already died and are in the cemetery, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, we believe that those that sleep in Jesus, God's going to bring with Him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord. There's no other way to know this. You can't learn this by looking at a rose. Hummingbirds are beautiful, but you're not going to learn about the second coming of Jesus Christ. The sun is wonderful and the moon is wonderful. And yesterday's sky was beautiful and the weather was precious. But you're not going to learn about the second coming of Jesus Christ. For this we receive by the word of the Lord. The Lord Jesus Christ himself shall ascend from heaven with a shout. And so there's the balance of Christianity. In light of the Lord's coming, we work as hard as we can in the few years we have here. Our, your lives are over. i got to go up work week after week and, oh no, it's over so fast. And then you're decaying and you're dying and you don't have that opportunity. And so the pressure is on us from the Lord Jesus Christ himself that we can glorify him and provide the things needful for ourselves and for others by working hard. In light of his coming. And it all fits together. It's part of our sanctification. It's part of our holiness. This is how we walk in this world. This is how we please God. This is what He wants. He does not want us sitting in a living room someplace reading our Bible and sharing Scripture with each other. There isn't a verse in the Bible about that. There isn't a verse. He wants us working. That's what we get up and do every day. That's the main thing that consumes our time. That's what He wants. He doesn't want us to be nuns and monks. Oh, there's a place for reading and prayer and devotion. There's a, prayer for, there's a place for seeking His face. But the emphasis is right here in the New Testament. You can't find the other. Let's make sure we have the Lord's balance. And so in light of His coming, and we're to comfort one another with these words. So as we go off to work every day, we look at each other and we say, Brother, let's do the best we can today because do you know what the pay is for today's work? The reward of the inheritance. Colossians chapter 3. That is how we go to work. Jesus Christ is our king. We're going to work as great citizens of his kingdom. Jesus Christ is our paymaster. And he's going to reward us with the great day of inheritance of all things. And that's how we go to work hard because we're serving him. If our bosses come around, we're not going to change anything that we're doing. Because we're already doing it as unto the Lord. We don't work as men pleasers. We don't work just to be approved in their sight. We work to be approved by Jesus in his sight. And this is 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. It's absolutely beautiful. Eight verses against casual sex and the lasciviousness of our generation. Two verses about brotherly love, which is absolutely essential for us to get along in our relationships in home or church. Two verses about how to work in this world. And then six verses about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. All put together in one wonderful chapter. And I hope you can pull it all in, put it all together, and see the powerful message that comes and the comforting message. That we work for a few years. Do you know how long retirement is? Not for five years while you don't have any strength to go do anything because you spent it all in the factory. It's eternity. And you're going to have renewed strength to live every day, all day, with full vigor. Forever. Oh, he could have saved us and taken us to heaven. The moment he said it is finished, we could have all appeared in heaven. He didn't do it that way. He chose to leave us here in this world. And may the Lord bless us this day by the conviction of the Holy Ghost to walk out of this place to want to be the cream in Greenville. Standouts wherever we work for the glory of God and to have everything that we need. It's part of being a great Christian. I hope last night as you read it, 
it blessed your heart. I was praying for you. That First Thessalonians 4 would bless your heart. It's simple. It's easy to understand. Four little lessons there, all tied together. And it ends with one great message of hope that Jesus Christ is coming for us. Let us pray. Our Holy Father in heaven, we come into thy presence boldly by the new and living way, which is Jesus Christ, through his flesh, which he allowed to be torn and laid it down willingly, that we could come before thee this day as thy children. Heavenly Father, we bless and we praise Thee. Every good thing that we have in our lives is by Your mercy and grace and given according to Your own will. And we thank Thee for it. Every piece of trouble and pain that we have in our lives is self-induced and brought on by the sin of our fathers and by our own sins. We thank Thee, Lord of heaven and earth, for all that Thou hast done for us. We thank Thee, Heavenly Father, for the nation in which we live for the health and strength that brought us here this day, for our wives and our children, for our houses and our vehicles, for our liberties and freedoms, for our protection and safety. We thank Thee, Heavenly Father, for Thy precious Word. We thank Thee that in its pages we can see in Thy law the smiles and the frowns of Thy face. We see the smiles and approving of Your eyes when we read those things that You commend and command. And we see the frown upon your face when we see those things you condemn and prohibit. And Father, we thank thee that thou hast revealed thyself to us and thy character to us, that we can know how we ought to conduct ourselves as your children to please you well in all things. And we want to walk in that holy way. And we want to please thee. And we want to abound in pleasing thee. And we want to do it more and more. Help us this day to do that. We thank Thee, Heavenly Father, for the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank Thee for His glorious salvation, showing the wisdom and power of God on our behalf. We thank Thee for the reward of the inheritance, eternal life in heaven, possessors of all things as joint heirs with Jesus Christ. How can we describe it? How can we fathom it? How can we measure it? It is so great. But we thank Thee, Lord, of heaven and earth, for all that Thou hast done, art doing, and will yet do on our behalf. We pray that You will perfect that which is lacking in our lives, and that You will finish the work that You have started in our souls, that we might be conformed to the image of Thy Son every day of our lives. O Lord, show us where we have gone astray. Show us where we are ignorant. Show us. Thy perfect will more clearly. And we'll run. We'll run in the way of your commandments. Heavenly Father, we love thee. And we know that that love toward thee is by your grace. We're foolish and hateful by nature. We were the enemies of God and we would still be choosing to be the loyal subjects of the devil himself. Your arch enemy were it not for your grace. We bless and we praise thee. There is no God like unto thee. Thy works declare thy goodness. Thy word declares thy character to us. We see the benevolence, the kindness, the long-suffering, the mercy, the forgiveness, the goodness, and the wisdom of all your commandments. And we delight in them. They are sweet to our taste. And they are so precious, more precious than much fine gold. We thank thee, O Lord, that we can know your character 
by looking in your word and therefore the character that we ought to bear as your children. We thank thee for every good thing that we enjoy, and they are many. Thank you for the beautiful weather. Thank you for everything that you've given us. Thank you, O Lord, that right now our hearts love thee. Thank you, O Lord, that we can be with thy people in thy house on thy day and worship thee according to thy word. O Father, we pray that you would forgive us, for we have been slothful spiritually or sinned in any other way. For we have opened our mouths and said things that were foolish or hurtful. For we have allowed our thoughts to to rise up in rebellion against your word. O Lord, bring them all into captivity and forgive us for sinning against thee through Jesus Christ our Lord. Our Father in heaven, we pray that you will bless our assembly this day and all the assemblies of your saints in every place. That your people might be strengthened this day by the word of God and by the spirit of our God. We pray for our nation. That while they pursue policies so foolish that a child can see their error, we pray that you will save us from them. And that your people in the midst of this nation can maintain quiet and peaceable lives doing their own business and eating their own bread. In all godliness and honesty as we have for generations. Heavenly Father, help us and preserve us and protect us. And Heavenly Father, for those men in Washington that have hearts that want to do what is right and are fearful of what they see happening, bless them with great vigor and strength and defend them. And Heavenly Father, overrule the rest. We pray for all our leaders that you will give them wisdom, that they might wake up, as it were, from the stupor of some of our policies in this country, that they might awake and save us. By their decisions, you have put them in positions of authority over us, and we pray that you would help them. Our Father, we're thankful that we still live in the greatest nation on earth. And though we see so many faults and problems, sins and errors, we confess the sins of our nation. It has turned its back on thee, and though it has its, thy name on its money, and thy name in its pledge of allegiance to its own flag, we pray that you would forgive its, its many sins, its sinfulness, its rejection of thee and thy word. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that you would yet have mercy upon this nation. For thy churches and people within it, that the word of the Lord might have free course in this country and continue to go forth without hindrance. Our Father, we pray for those that are sick, those that are away. We pray for those troubled. We pray for those fearful. We pray for those that need thee in their souls. That you will bless this day by coming to them with power. And that you will lift up the sick. And that you will protect those that are away. And that you will be with us all. We commit this day and this service unto thee. In that name which is above every name. That name before which the devils tremble. That name we could not declare is Lord without the power of the Holy Spirit. But he is Lord of all forever. Even Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Amen.